All right. You know what it is. You know who it is. We're back. Another episode of the Skinny Boy Says podcast. So today I have a legend, James Fitzgerald on. Um, I know you guys have heard me talk about OPEX a lot. You've heard me talk about the OPEX certification that I took um, that I'm currently finishing up. But um, James is the owner and founder of OPEX. And this is an awesome experience for me to kind of sit down and talk with him. Um, so James, I want you to give a brief background on yourself. I know a lot about you, but I want the people to know that are listening to know about you and just kind of go from there. Yeah, well, you started by calling me a legend. So it immediately gives me an old, uh, old vibe. Uh, about the wisdom, I'm, not not the. Old, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm older than most um, inside the fitness experience, yeah. I guess, uh, or I guess you know, in regards to people talking about it. Um, I'm young too, so that's 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 different. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 46. Uh, I, I got a great marriage. Um, I have two wonderful uh, daughters, uh, 14, 11 years of age. Um, I live in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm a Canadian with, uh, I guess, Canadian roots, becoming an American. Um, I, uh, I'm in Idaho right now. I live here in the summertime okay. um, to get away, from the, get away from the heat. And uh, I started uh, physical expression and uh, through sport as a young kid and fell in love with it and uh, then turned that into learning more about it in an academic way. Um, been practicing, uh, I guess, in the practice of, of coaching. Uh, since the mid nineties. I'm pretty proud to say that, that I've uh, stuck it out and still been involved based upon that. Um, and uh, leads us to today where I'm a founder of uh, a, let's call it a, a global fitness education company. Sounds so profound, um, yeah. but it's, uh, it's been a long journey. It's been a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm always, you know, people always ask me about OPEX cause I'm, I'm always talking up you guys and talking about, uh, you know, just the theories and the methods that you guys use and the principles that you guys have. And I've adopted a lot of them within my own training and then the people that I deal with. And after the certification, you know, that was one of my biggest stepping points for me was taking the CCP and kind of going through it. And um, I always have kind of a, a hard time explaining it because it is so like, it's, it's so all encompassing. Like it involves so much with what you guys do. And yeah, I think uh, it's hard explaining it as well, which is, it's kind of ironic that it's hard to explain, but yeah. <laughs> what I mean by that is that <clears throat> none of it's mine, right? And none of it's OPEX. It's yeah. it, it, we're we're making people aware of principles, yeah, right, and reality, right, and honesty and truth. And I think that's why it's hard, is that uh, it, it's very challenging to implement that in current times. Yeah. That's why I think it's, it seemingly looks profound, where, yeah. where, but it's not. It's, it's principles, you know? Yeah, and I like, think that... Uh, you, can't, you, can't, uh, you can't work out three times a day, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, well, who, who, told you, who told you that that's not the case? Well, we've tried it, and it doesn't work. Yeah. And, by the way, it's principle. Yeah. <laughs> Humans can only do so much in this. So it's things like that. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right, you know? And then coaches leave, and they try to get out, and it's a little tougher. Yeah, and, like, you know kind of, I want to get into OPEX and, you know, when you started it, how you started it, because um, some of you may not know, but James was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were the first CrossFit Games champion, right? Yes. Yeah. 2007. Uh, he was the first yeah. official CrossFit Games champion. If you guys follow CrossFit. It's official. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in, in terms of, you know, I know you had a background with CrossFit and then you kind of branched off and did your own thing. And um, in terms of, you know, being a part of CrossFit and then starting OPEX, what was that like and why was it that you decided to kind of branch off and do your own thing? Yeah, so I, I started before I got into CrossFit. So just okay. so we know where, where so these OPEX, things lie. OPEX was uh, before you left CrossFit? Or it was... Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I've, been, uh, okay. I've been coaching since 94. Um, and I started my business in Calgary as established in 99. Okay. Um, and then I started practicing dot com and CrossFit uh, in two thousand four. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that and that's uh, that's less around um, to move away from you know where things sit and what leads to it. But I think that's a part of the story that a lot of people forget. I was I under think. the intention that you were a part of CrossFit. That was my a misunderstanding on my part. Yeah. Yeah. Not whatsoever. So I think that's important. So I'm glad you Claire you asked the question. Yeah. Yeah just so people know where the roots come from. Cause I think that's important. Right. Um, so I saw when I started doing that in 2004, 
I saw the practice and the methodology of a really interesting way to do work, you know, a new, different, interesting way to do work. And I adopted it and, um, you know, wrapped my hands around and played with it and science the shit out of it. Um, and then, and then saw that it could be really complementary uh, to my current principles, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think of like principles were in place and then I layered and colored all those principles with different modalities. And that's the way I, I perceived it. So it's almost, uh, it's almost like saying, you know, there was only one endurance program and that was for running, which yeah. actually was the case, right? Um, and now there becomes cycling and kayaking and skiing, et cetera. And now that's what I saw CrossFit as underneath the principle of running, right? It's yeah. all these different ways of expressing the exact same thing, right? So work is work, you know, gain, pain, sustain. Yep. How you express that, I saw CrossFit as like a new interesting you know, color to that, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think answering the question, I think that you previously asked. So can you ask that again? Cause I got kind of hooked up on the origination. of. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess clarifying now, because I know that you weren't, but what, what made you, when you did start OPEX, what was the, and was it originally called OPEX? Uh, OPT. OPT. Yeah. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. So when you initially started OPT, you know, where were you picturing it heading and then why did you start it and what was kind of, you know, the reason behind that. And you kind of answered that with, you know, you saw something in fitness that was different and you, you took it to a different, you know, level obviously by being a games champion and like you took yourself to a different level and that experience brings you within, you know, reaching new heights and then finding things to bring down and uh, make principle and then find principle and express it. So yeah. Uh, basically on that end of things. Yeah. Um, well, the, uh, I, I don't know that I really have a, a good answer to your question really on what I proposed to what I, what I wanted it to look like, if that makes mm-hmm. sense when I started. So, uh, when I started is still kind of loose, but it, it was, I just knew there was one intention that I really liked fitness and I love the concept of physical expression. So how that was in my life, just came about through vocation, mm-hmm. you know? So, and then now over time, I speak of it virtuously around contribution or, you know, the collective, uh, the collective area in which I can impact. Right. Yeah. But I can't, you know, I couldn't have said that when I was 22, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or when I was 19 and depressed uh, with, you know, an injury. Yeah. You know, I couldn't have said, Oh, I mean, you know, I can tell this is definitely going to be a, <laughs> precipice to turn my life around right yeah, to transform yeah. my mind so um i think my intentions to start off was was is pretty trite actually it's it was like just i was doing what i was supposed to do like oh yeah. i'm in physiology oh i guess i'm gonna be a trainer you know yeah. that's that's honestly the intention so i didn't have any of those grandiose plans but but i can tell you one thing and i'll end on that is that i definitely knew that i loved the concept of physical expression because that's what I experienced in my life, right? Like yeah. I experienced going through the hardship and the work hardening of coming out of this doldrum in my life mm-hmm. that I couldn't turn my back on it. I knew it was seminal moment that was like going to be embedded in me for my time, you know, yeah. being, being around. So now I guess, uh, and another question that stems from this, did you, now I've been talking about this a lot because um, in terms of business and you guys have a great business section, but like, making this a career now is an idea and like, it's something that's common. Um, now when you probably started, uh, you know, was this something that you were like, Oh, I'm going to make a career out of this. Or was this something that you were like, I'm just going to do this until I figure out the next step. No. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not. Um, you know, cause remember I, I was in the early years of it. So there was lots of work to go around. Yeah. So there was no, it was just, it was just like, Oh, you're going to go to university. You're going to be a trainer and that's going to be your job. Like there was no like, Oh geez, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You know? Yeah. Um, so there was never even thought for planning, which was ironically the biggest, you know, the biggest upheaval as to what's the technical proficiency that keeps people from actually being successful today is what no business savvy. Right. So, but I love the wording you chose there. I haven't used that before, so I'm going to use it. Thank you for that. Yeah. Is that it's an idea, you know, that it actually is an idea today, which makes me at least, you know, think about the fact that it has to become an idea you know? Um, and I'm not sure if that's where you wanted to go with it, but, uh, it's, it's complete madness 
really today. Well, you know, like I uh, said, for, for fitness and business and what that looks like, because yeah. let's just say there's competencies that gained on behalf of a human, right? There's competence that they like embed in their brain, right? Yeah. To be able to actually take that and let's call it the word, the practice of teaching people those competencies yeah. so that that individual gets autonomy and, and all these great things that come from the teaching of the health guru, you yeah. know, the, yeah. then to put that into action today is madness. Yeah. And you know, it's it, absolute madness. That's why, because, you know, I've had this conversation with a lot of people and I've had some really good conversations over the past couple of weeks with some, you know, great people within the industry. And like, it's, it's tough because you, you, a lot of these people have these careers in fitness now. And like mm -hmm. 10 years ago, even it was something that was like, you know, personal training was seen as like a stepping stone to just make some money and then get out. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of like, you know, the way I learned remote coaching from you guys, the way that I learned about coaching in general and learned about how to actually set myself up to make this a career. I don't think it was something again, I, I, you know, I was a teenager 10 years ago and I was in school. So it wasn't something I was like fully thinking about, but like seeing about the people that I've talked to and kind of hearing what it was like 10 years ago in the industry was like, yeah, it was something and like you could do it. And you know, there was some lucrative people who got some stuff from it and like, made their careers out of it. But there was a lot of also, you know, I'm going to do this for a little bit just to make it to the next step. And like, I think about it now because when I was, uh, I graduated college in 2017 and, you know, I opened a gym and then, um, you know, I recently left that gym, but being in that position was like, I don't, I don't know that I would have been able to see that as like a career. And I had some awesome people to learn from and, you know, Dean, yeah. Um, he did the open. Yeah. Um, he was one of my first like coaching mentors. Okay. Um, and after I started talking with him and like learning from him was kind of that step where I was like, yeah, I can actually make this a career. And that's when I, you know, started looking into it. Like, how do I make this a career? And like, I know there's a lot more people in my shoes where they're just starting, they're just learning, they're just figuring out what they want to do. And like, for me, I can't imagine myself in any other field. So it, it, I just, like I said, it, it's hard for me to imagine 10 years ago what it's like when there's really no direction for it and there's no sustainability within, within it. Yeah. And now yeah. I get to, you know, sit here and, and do this and try to make a career off of it and talk to people like you who have, you know, pioneered almost the way to make it a career. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of, you know, where I was going with that. And it's, and it's cool when you are able to see people succeed at the highest level with it. And, you know, you don't often, and like I said, this is new, this is fairly new and there's a lot of new, in the industry and there's a lot of growth that's happened within the past five years. Um, so that's kind of where I was trying to get your in, insight on and see how it's grown for you. Yeah. Um, well, how it's grown for me is uh, my own individual story. Maybe you can pull me back to that after this, but yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to just mention that, you know, the, I think it, it should just make sense though, that there's a, you know, since, you know, there's a huge people, a lot of people have been born in uh, 1990, 1990 to 1996 that are currently yeah. inside of the market for fitness. Um, let's call it the market <laughs> for fitness. Yeah, but they're currently there. And so we, we, we have to remember how, how do they perceive the world socially and culturally and like what is observed, right? Yeah. And I was born in 1974, just to give an N equals two difference, right? Yeah. Is, is like this embedded agreement that, you know, it was going to be your career. There's no other choice, but, you know, just imagine, you know, the, the difference in thinking, right. Yeah. From 90 to 96, you know, you're, you're, you come out of university and this was not the case in our lens, right. In my yeah. lens, you just can think about it, right. In like yeah. 1997, 99, 1998, it's like, uh, it's actually, you know, you actually were perceived culturally to be, um, insignificant and inconsistent. If you yeah. were to say, I'm just going to, experiment for three years and then maybe shift work and learn this thing online and then go and do like, you know, if you were to speak that yeah. in the late nineties, you'd be like, you're out to lunch, man. That's now you're called an entrepreneur. That's that's the, huh. You know what I'm saying? So, but the, the reason why I raise this is that this is the, this is the thing that I, I continue to struggle with and I don't propose to have the answers to that, but the, the fitness coach uh, and the success of the fitness coach has to really be drawn out in the definition of success, right? Yeah. Like, like what that means. And you know, I talk about this on CCP, but yeah. like the definition of it is, is really connected to a neo-generalist trade, 
that you do for 50 to 60 years. Yeah. Like that. And the more you walk away from that, it, maybe that's the wrong words, not walk away, but the more you, the more you don't want to accept that as the, as the, as the definition of success for coaching um, and, and spend a lot of time thinking about, well, why would you say 50 years? Well, because I've only had 25 of them. And mm -hmm. I can tell you, I actually haven't learned enough yet to yeah. make it 50 years. So yeah. you, you have to then see, well, what are you defining as success? And if I'm defining success as ultimate capability of each person that comes in front of me to get to autonomy, that's a big problem that part-time job is not going to fix. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, this is where, um, that's why I say it's madness because to your point, there's no regulation on what the job is. Yep. There's 18 different service offerings in which everyone's classified under one roof. Yep. Um, you know, even AI is considered a personal trainer now. Yeah. We've even lost the human aspect of it. Um, there's no, there's no uh, coach attribute or value, you know, booklet that we all have to abide by anymore. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, uh, I'm just mentioning that to to jump inside of like the coach's job and yeah. vocation means that's why I simply just leave it at madness. Yeah. Uh, now from my, my perspective coming through, um, I'll, I'll just reiterate what I said earlier. When I started, it was like, I don't know, this is just what you do, I guess. I mean, I, I deeply knew about physical expression and how do I, how do I use this as a medium? Oh, yeah. I, you, you do training. Okay, cool. Oh my shit. I'm getting paid for that. Oh, I guess I better buy a house and have a family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the train of thought I had, you know, because there was only like one way. What are you doing? I'm a trainer. What do you do? I train people. Oh, you make money on that? Yeah. Yeah. You have a family too. Oh yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. You know, yeah. that's the, there's one path, but uh, now there's like, as I said, you know, 37 different options and yeah. we're not really sure what fitness means anymore. Exactly. Or, yeah. And that's, you know, that's the, I always think, I think that's one of the big, best things I got from OPEX and CCP was defining that longevity within fitness and like, defining that fitness is what that person needs it to be essentially. And like, that was the biggest thing for me because at, at that point I was, um, you know, I started and I've been following you guys for, uh, probably like four or five years at this point. And like, it was tough because I was in CrossFit and like, there was, there's languages thrown around. There's other fitness expressions that are thrown around and you're like, Oh, like this seems to be okay. And like, I, I was in a CrossFit gym for a while and there was a lot of like, Oh, that, I don't know if that should be happening or like, you know, this doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. And then, you know, finding that definition from you guys and kind of being able to express that in a lot of ways helped me. And, you know, it was something that was a problem for me early on. And, you know, one of my next questions for you in terms of all of this was like, what was your biggest hurdle coming from the start? And like, kind of until you found that, you know, cause there was probably a, a point in your life where it was beginning and then, you know, figuring it out until we're like, okay, yes, like this is starting to make sense. So like, what was the biggest hurdle early on into kind of finding that? Um, finding your definition of success, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Uh, I, I was, I was going to be lost on that, but um, yeah, it's time. I know that's a short answer, but it takes time because you got to have a lot of iterations. You got to have a lot of experiences. You got to do a lot of tripping up and a lot of mistakes and yeah. a lot of success, you know? It, so you got to, you got to do all of those. So I guess I'm making it simple. I'm afraid of making it simple because I'm usually verbose in my answer, but mm -hmm. it's, it's taken 25 years. That's yeah. it, it's taken that where I can say, Oh, now I'm actually wrapping my hands around how to define success. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's always been an injected value, right? It's been injected, a societal injection as a construct as to what value is, you know, yeah. keeping up with the Joneses and, you know, you're happy at the end of the day and the picket fence and, you know, et cetera. It's yeah. like, is that really successful? Like what, what are you? And so how do I, how do I figure that out? I got to take time. It's got to yeah. take 10 years. I got to have two children. I have to see their birth. I have to experience relationships. I have to lose clients. I have to gain clients. Like all of that leads to me going, hmm. So the definition of success needs to have an anchor point, yeah, right, and an awareness. And then when you you start with that, and then if you figure out that the person actually doesn't 
even, and I'll just use the example of someone who's 20 years of mm -hmm. age, they may not even be able to, to compute yeah. <laughs> the concept of that. So how do I meet them where they're at for success is basically, can you, do you get out of bed tomorrow, right? Yeah. Make your bed, uh, help people out, contribute. That's the current definition of success. Mm -hmm. And so over time though, you want to define it as X and that's where I'm saying, you know, you can, you can wrap your hands around whatever that means. It's, it's interesting. We just got off a call with uh, Jeffy Mickey and Martin of brand X method and Keegan, and we're, we're ruminating on this point. So I'm glad you brought it up is like, we have to really step outside of our own bubble and say, well, what is successful? Well, you should always start with who's the person we're talking to, i.e. the 20 year yeah. old or 75 and, and then context. Yeah. Right. Because, so, you know, uh, fitness looks like success. Right. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, I'm so successful. My gym's so successful. It's like, well, what are you defining as success? Yeah. Oh, we have workouts on the board. Oh, you know, anyone can do that. If that's you defining success. Um, do you have retention of clients? That's over 80 percent. No. Uh, do your coaches make a 30 year career on that? No. OK. You know, you can go on the list. Right. It's like, well, yeah. what are we talking about here? What's our definition? When like, you know, and the biggest thing. And in, in the last, you know, year, especially for me, I've been hard at, you know, at, and not trying to overwhelm myself, but like, you know, defining success and, and trying to figure it out. Because to me, you know, having some idea of an end goal is obviously pretty important and mm -hmm. like developing something and following it and not so much, you know, just aiming for whatever and then hoping it yeah. comes out. Yeah. Um, but success has been one of those things that, you know, you get asked and it, it's like, that's a hard question. I don't, I don't know what success looks like. And, you know, yes. um, you, you look, you look up to people and you look at, you know, what makes them successful or what is the definition of success for them. And that's why in terms of like, you know, you speaking specifically about fitness, like individualization is key and then meeting someone where they're at. And then in terms of, you know, life, just meeting someone where they're at and finding out what their success of, or their definition of success is. And that's what kind of brings us all together. And I think, you know, early on, that's what I was, missing because, you know, in terms of fitness from what I was looking at, you know, I watched, I watch basketball, I do jujitsu, um, you know, like I'm, I'm heavy in uh, professional athletes and like watching that is like, damn, that's impressive. Like the way these people move, the way they express fitness and then working with the people I work with is like, well, why wouldn't they want to express themselves in that way? And then it's like, wait, they don't have to, that's not their life. And it was, it was hard for me for a couple of years to like, figure that out and be like, yeah, not everyone should be like doing this stuff. Like they don't want to, and they shouldn't. And yeah. like, I would never force anything on anybody, but sometimes I was like, why wouldn't they want that? Like, why wouldn't they want this certain level in, in their life? And like, you just learn and you're like, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's how it is. And that's where you got to meet them where they're at. And like, it's, it's crazy sometimes. Cause you just, like I said, you're so, um, early on. And I'm sure you experienced, experienced this when you were younger, you were like, oh, this is the way. And then like it didn't work or people weren't catching on and you were just like, Oh, well maybe this isn't the way I don't really know what's next. Um, but it, it's, it's crazy. Um, and you know, leading into teaching coaches and like I said, you know, you probably had your growth period from a very young age and then, you know, you started figuring it out. When did CCP become a thing and you know, why did you start it and what did you kind of see that was missing to start it? Yeah. Uh, it, uh, I don't know if I had recognized there was a void that needs to be filled. Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, maybe, I would call it 15 years of experience in coaching. Was there anybody doing what you were doing at the time? Like, was there certifications at, like, when? Oh, definitely. Uh, I can't name them, but I know it was happening because yeah. it, was a, it was a thing that was necessary to create mm -hmm. structure, really. No one was doing it in the way that I was doing it, like how I colored it. Obviously, yeah. that's probably unique to everyone who did that, but it, that, it answered your question a little bit. But I had, I had been doing this thing called coaching uh, for 15 years, and I had now developed a scale of systems, um, you know, uh, success as we were defining it from like client autonomy and clients showing up more and more over time being like, yeah, you know, I just, I just want to like chat with you. It's great to check up. I don't have any major issues with my design. I'm pretty compliant in my exercise. Mm -hmm. I just want some changes, right? Like teach me a new one arm row or teach me that hang power clean thing. I saw other people, like these are the biggest hurdles we had to overcome with clients over time, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is great, right? This is the definition of success. People are 
just coming. We're all together. We're just sharing this thing, but people could pretty much do shit on their own over time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then, and then of course you get lots of, then um, you become a coached coach just based upon age, right? Yeah. Indirectly in your business. And then that started to spread out as technology grew and information was shared, right? So I was very fortunate to be born in 74 and my business beginning around 2000, okay. where now yeah. information can be spread out, right? That's luck. That's pure luck. No intentions based upon that, right? And I own that. So, but the thing is, is that that's what led to a lot of people asking the questions. And I'm making it short here, but like, why are you so happy? Why do you really enjoy this? I can't understand why you love figuring out these solutions to like yeah. physical expression. Um, you know, cause so many people just thought of it as folly and a diversion tactic from, from the day to day. And they come into OPT and they're like, there's this fucking energy. Like, I, I don't know yeah. what it is, but you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about is a feeling, right? There's yeah. a feeling. Around that. Anyways, that's, you know, just more and more people just kept asking those questions. Yeah. And it's I was like, up. Yeah. I better, I, I should, I should probably sit back and go now, what really makes this successful? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I had those those uh, aha moments and like uh, this opportunity to pause, which I've had for the past number of years, which has been unbelievable in terms of like what my mind can come up with for structuring these kind of ideas that's helped CCP. But if the original idea was to pause and go, what's the structure that would make that definition of success, right? Mm -hmm. And here's what it was. You got to have some form of business concept, right? Yeah. Around how you're, how this thing fits into the zeitgeist, yeah. right? In, in the offerings, et cetera. Now, as you know, that's really complex, but you got to have something, right? Yeah. Accounting, marketing language, whatever, right? You got to have the ability to build relationships and everything inside of that communication. And we, we, I like to say, if there's like, if there's like a thousand levels of knowledge inside of uh, behavior, mm -hmm. we tackle like up to 21. Yeah. <laughs> like it's that complex, but at least we tackle it. Yeah. Relationship building, behaviors, mindset, all that kind of stuff. You need to be really good at that. Um, and uh, you need to be able to uh, know yourself as a coach and who you are as a human and uh, what kind of things are inside of you that start that whole process of creating the dyad, right? Yeah. And the relationship between another person. Next, you need to be able to assess people. So look at it in a clear eye kind of take a pause second and go, that's probably what I'm observing to be your app, your ability right now. That's where I think your ability is right now. And then if you get really keen on that, you can now of course test this all over time to see interventions and how they make an impact. You can also then lead to what the next big area was. How do you put together designs, yeah. right? Put together a behavior exercise, nutrition design is based upon that intake and assessment. And we teach that now design. And we also teach the aspect of lifestyles, basic lifestyle guidelines, nourishment, nutrition. How do you wrap all that together and take care of it so that it's, self, it's basically self-care of care of the system? So we have these five pillars, really, that I, uh, I, I thought, I was like, you know what? I would teach those five things if I was to answer the question like, what would make a coach successful? Yeah. While thinking at the time, this was, Brandon, and then you asked, this was an intention too, is that I said, what will also be necessary to act as a heuristic that will, that will stand the test of time yeah. for those behavior principles? Because that's, that's one thing that was an intention. I knew that tech was growing. I knew we were going to be faced against this dehumanization of coaching over time. Yeah. So I, I did have intentions of pushing like relationships, individualization, et cetera. And now you know where my biases lie based upon that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think that learning the way that you put it together, and I'm sure that now is, and every iteration from here on out is the best version of what you've done. And like, obviously maybe your first version was not, you know, as in depth as this one, cause you learn as you go, yeah. but like just dealing with that. And, and like I said, your, the, the CCP was kind of the first, um, I want to say certification that I took or, you know, way that in which I heard fitness from the fitness was almost last. And like, even in the way that you structured the first, uh, the, the iteration that I did of CCP right before yeah. the, the new one came out. Um, 
fitness was like the last thing we went over. Programming was the last thing you talk about. It was one of the longest, but it was also one of the last things because Mm -hmm. you can't get there until you've done the work before. You can't get there until you have learned about this person. You can't get there until you've assessed this person. You can't get there until you know how to build a system, track that system, where are your clients coming from? Who are they coming from? Why are they coming to you? And learning all of that. And that's been, you know, the biggest thing because for me early on, it was, all right, I need to know everything I need to know about fitness. And like, I need to know how to do this to the highest degree, how to program the best, how to uh, periodize the best, how to make sure that, you know, all this stuff that I was trying to learn. And and it wasn't that that was going to make me successful as an owner or me successful as a, uh, a trainer. It was these other details. It's learning how to, you know, learn about somebody and actually ask the questions. Assessment was something that like, I knew about, but never implemented in the way that you guys taught. And then even in terms of the business stuff, like I listen to business stuff, but like, you know, I never tried to track anything and like, I never tried to, and you know, like I said, part of the conversations I've had with some of these awesome people and they're, you know, like I said, there are people who are successful in terms of, you know, the fitness industry and making a name for themselves, but they all had that in the beginning. It was all, I didn't track anything. I, I just thought I was making more money and that was it. And then, you know, a lot of people were like, I ended up trading way more time than my money, than the money that I was getting. And like, they had to juggle that and be like, all right, well now, now I actually actually look at this. Um, and you know, it's, it's awesome to have people like OPEX, like yourself, who are teaching this and like teaching the almost things that should be taught a little bit younger in your life. Like I think mm-hmm. everyone should learn how to balance a check, but you know, learn all that stuff, yeah, but you know, having the opportunity to learn from people in your field and, you know, be better at making these fundamental principles, not even just the fitness stuff, but like actual principles of business and, and life are what's necessary to kind of, you know, grow and see that change over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of growing, you know, quarantine has been obviously nuts, but you guys have positioned yourself. And I know I positioned myself well by developing online stuff, developing a way to coach anybody in person or online and have that, mm-hmm. um, you know, have the confidence that I can do that well. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you guys kind of adapted and changed over quarantine and, you know, has it really affected you? Has it helped you grow? Has it, you know, just kind of dive into that a little bit. Yeah. I should, uh, reiterate again, the language it's not, we didn't position ourselves. We were already in the digital space. Yeah. 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 So yeah. We're just lucky when that happened. We we're like, well, we're online and we know how to operate it. We have for over decades. So yeah. you can ask us questions if you want, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, but, but you said you positioned yourself. We didn't position it. We, we were fortunate and lucky that we were in that space. Right. So, and yeah, I mean, we, it's still, you know, I, I guess I consider it, I say position because, you know, you guys did have the idea. It was an, it was kind of like a, and I don't know if your main thing was to ever go online. Was that something that you guys early on were thinking of or no? no. Oh yeah. All right. Then yeah. So yeah, it was just, but yeah, continue. Yeah. No, no. You know how I feel about the online thing. Even yeah. in my education, I, it just, you know, it's, I always have tension in my own head, like coaches are listening to me, but inside I'm like, I wish we could all be in a room. You know, there's something, there's something very powerful around that. Uh, That feeling that you get from seeing people's eyes and like hearing the little, the humor and the the little interjections and everyone's focused on one particular topic. There's a lot of power to that. Yeah. Um, Anyways, um, what was your, uh, what were your thing? Oh, positioning, yeah, COVID. Oh yeah, that whole COVID thing. Um, <laughs> please. Uh, well, let's just look at the three big buckets of stuff we do and I'll make it pretty quick. And then you may have some uh, questions after based on that. But uh, yeah. um, our individual design concept was inside of our OPEX gyms, okay, uh, around the world. And so if you have a really good individual relationship built up inside those gyms, then if you take down the walls and say you can't go to those gyms, you could obviously see that it wasn't too hard to transition over. If the gym yeah. was just like, oh, the lights are off, you can't come in, then we're like, okay, well, I still am connecting with you all the time because we have an individual relationship, right? Yeah. So all we had to really do was manage the cost and value of that, and you know, it, it worked out worked out fine, okay? Right. Um, and it didn't work out perfectly in some instances, but those were other things that were just you know bound to happen anyway, so it just kind of did that. Uh, we had operated also on an online athlete mode concept. So that was giving programs to athletes out there who were, you know, just wanting to like get to their highest level of physical potential. 
uh, most times in fitness, but generally in that like real serious uh, mode of person yeah. who is fitnessing um, and exercising. Um, and so that was already online. So it's like, oh, we'll just continue what we're doing. We'll just operate, you know, oh, you don't have a gym. Okay. We'll do your shit at home or you only have a tire. Okay. We'll I'll give you some workouts. So it was still, you know, fully operational to basically yeah. do that. Um, and then, uh, lastly, a digital education has been inside of it for a long period of time. So yeah. we, uh, we had some rises in interest just due to the fact that it was like, Hey, we've been here for a while and we know how to operate this. You know, you got some free time on your hands, then <laughs> maybe you can like talk with me for the next number of months, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's been, uh, it's been, uh, pretty good, Brandon, um, over that period of time. If I was to only reflect on the lens of like, how has business been? Yeah. You say, well, what are your big pillars, big dogs, gyms, and OPEX education? It's all been good because of how we've, you know, cemented what our beliefs are inside each of those, right? Yeah. Um, but I want to be very careful to say that that was intentional. We were just lucky that that kind of just worked out this time. And we're just fortunate and really happy that we could actually share some of the things that we know so that people can learn and, and, uh, and get through this difficult time. Yeah. Um, what about you? How, how have you, you know, taken this quarantine and kind of grown or seen value from it? I know a lot of people and I I've seen from your Instagram, spend more time with your family is probably a great thing and being able to kind of go do those things. You know, for me, it was able to give me a step back and kind of relax, which I think a lot of people needed in a lot of ways, but you know, for you specifically, what were kind of the things that you took away from it? Or if you're still in, I mean, people are still technically in it. I don't know if Idaho or Arizona, but yeah, no, I think we're all still taking things away from it. And I appreciate you asking the question. I haven't really, I haven't really uh, spent a lot of time thinking about that question. So I appreciate it, but I do. And I'm immediately saying, I want to say back to you what you reflected on how it's probably perceived on what I've been doing. Um, but I've been, I've been great. I don't know. I don't know yeah. any other way to describe it. I've been, I've been thinking about things like my children's uh, social and mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's been a little bit more, you know, closer to what's on my, my train of thought. Um, I've been thinking about uh, the relationship uh, with my wife and, you know, how we've been um, it's, it's great that we had this embedded uh, really I would call it a positive, you know, growth connection for a long time. So now that we have this, we like each other and we like spending time together. And now it's like, Oh, you know, this is probably a positive thing now for the rest of our life. So it was a nice, it was a nice point to be like, yeah, you know, I really like you and I like spending time with you and we can do more of it. And (laughs) um, it's kind of nice, you know? So, um, it's, you know, on, on that reflection too, um, it's been another like iteration of a real deep appreciation I have to uh, being autonomous in my own fitness journey Um, and being 46 and still experiencing fitness. um, I really enjoy the fact that I am, um, I am um, in my own mind um, an authority figure for the sharing of knowledge of my experiences. And this is another opportunity for me to see how grateful I am that I can, I can still exercise and still do that every day and love it and still be creative and enjoy it. Like I'll do after my call with you, I'm going to go, I'm excited to kind of think about some things I want to do and express myself physically. So that's been something too, that I really like. I, I just love the fact that I have those embedded characteristics that I have had for a long period of time. Um, so I'll stop there, but those are some cool. things. That, Do you have any like current fitness goals that you're chasing or is it just kind of just learning and just moving? And yeah. Better? Yeah. Not really. Um, and I just want to spend no more a CrossFit games. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, I, well, these are the overarching ones. Um, I want to do something every day. Um, I want to be consistent with it such that I can continually do it for the rest of my life every day. Um, I want to still experience new things um, like a couple of two things that I want to experience is going really long and also improving my relative uh, gymnastics and uh, body weight awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are embedded things inside of the, the, you know, inside of the program that's on the periphery, but I, I am like, they are there, right? It's like, yeah. It's not like I'm not, like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll bike for four hours today and see what that's like. It's like, no, that's a, that's something that I've intended that I want to learn mm-hmm. and see what it feels like how to fuel for what happens when it's hot, what happens when you get a backwind, 
on the way back would be, you know, all the learnings that come inside of that, that I haven't been inside the, my fitness experience for a while. So those are my goals really. Right well, now. Awesome. I have a couple more questions just to kind of like wrap this all up, but um, mainly, you know, after everything where, you know, you've been in the industry for 25 years now, where do you kind of see the future of it going? Where do you see kind of things playing out? And after all this, cause this was, a change that I don't think a lot of people saw coming and like everyone's adapting and they're trying to change and they're trying to grow. Um, where do you, as you know, being there from basically the beginning and like kind of a, a huge beginning part of like the online stuff and getting more into that to where it is going to be in, you know, the next two, three, four or five years. Yeah. Um, well on the back end of this, I really don't think much will change. Uh, yeah. completely honest. And of course that probably takes a whole other episode. Um, but I just don't think the behaviors were inside as a, as a base support in the fitness market to really, really think this is going to be yet revolutionary as to what's just going on right now as a change. That's another point. But what mm -hmm. connects to that too um, is that you talk about futuristic things and thinking about Moore's law. I'm glad you said two, three, four years as opposed to like, how about 15 years, James? Because yeah. stuff happens so quickly now just due to technology and, and, uh, you know, you know, technology, information, and um, um, just the connection of all those things for the past yeah. 20 years has been an unbelievable hockey stick improvement in changes of how we garner all that. So I think you have to say, well, that is what leads the question of a futuristic or any form of predictions. And uh, what I would say is just one area, because this can get really long, is uh, the people that are inside of the fitness arena are going to have to uh, push up against the dehumanization of the fitness relationship process. Yeah. Um, I think that that's an impending um, really, it's really important. And I only think there's a few people that find it really important as a topic. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I know that is that the more I look out there and not make any comments on anything, I can see that people are even unintentionally pushing something for the growth of education or the coach or whatever, or even a concept in fitness, but they don't even see that they're inside of that system being dangled to push their entire thing towards a dehumanization process. Mm -hmm. So my belief in fitness is that, you know, there has to be a relationship. That's the yeah. bottom line. So that, and, and that's where I stick. That's where I put my stake in the ground. And I'm, I'm very open to say everyone knows why my biases are that way, right? I teach yeah. education, right? I teach education to teach coaches to get those principles in their mind. So I believe there's a coach and I believe there's a client. And I believe that the relationship uh, needs to be really like worked on over the next number of years as to what that looks like. And we're, we're leading more and more towards this, right? Yeah. And, and uh, I just... I just think we need to spend a lot more time on uh, being ready for that. And there's a number of other things, but I'll just stop at that one. Cause that's a big one. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in terms of, you know, the communication is a huge thing and like being able to better build a relationship is hard. And I think right now there's so much, um, there's problems with communication. There's problems with being able to kind of express yourself in certain ways and, and be able to have conversations with people because they're so, um, like you said, there is this distance growing between people and like, especially with, you know, quarantine, it's like, you don't get to see people and you're just even farther. And then some people are just continuously dragging apart. Um, and it's, it's and their, tough. And their form of communication has changed. Like in yeah. 30 years, how people communicate, um, is, is not for better in my opinion. Um, you know, we have, you know, we have possibly half of the entire population that thinks that, you know, a text or a tweet is a form of communication. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, we got to spend some time thinking about that commentary. Yeah. And I mean, even myself, you know, I've, I've grown up with it. So it's been basically like, you know, I've made obviously phone calls are still a part of my life, but like texting has been a huge thing and messaging and chatting and things like that. That's been, you know, a big part of like communication for me growing up. So, you know, conversation is, you know, something I have had to get better at and, you know, the, the talks with getting to know people a little bit better, asking those questions, being a little bit more in depth because it does get surface level when it's just texting. It does get, um, you know, you don't, you don't see the other person. You're not seeing how they're reacting. You're not able to see emotion. You're not able to express your emotion as well. Things can be taken wrong. Things can be said differently, but you meant something else. 
Um, yeah. And that's why, you know, in terms of growing, communication is a huge thing. Uh, yeah. Last thing I want to talk about. I think this is really cool. And I don't know if you've always done this, but mm. the hashtag of the, I'm assuming that's a number of workouts you've done. Yeah. That's awesome. When did you kind of start that? And when, uh, you know, well, I I've always done kind of workouts, like, but uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I have always kept training logs too. There's been some iterations where there were some stopping points, um, but I, I can also re- always remember um, which workouts they were, where I was. And so I did a detailed inventory a couple of years ago based upon all my training logs and how many workout sessions I've had. Um, and I started it off after in a rehabilitative state um, after my injury when I was 18, when I started to like, you know, do my own little push-ups and lift weights in front of the mirror yeah. kind of thing on my own, right? And I detailed that every like, let's call it, you know, front of the mirror with the sand weights looking at my guns, you know, mm-hmm. when I was standing on one leg because there was so much pain and blood swelling in my, in my injured leg. Um, so I'm starting as that, the, that's the starting point of the transformation of me. I've tried to connect how many times I've done a particular session like that since that date. Um, and I, I've tracked it up. I just passed 10,000 this summer. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, I wasn't uh, sure what it was at the beginning. And like, I saw it as you went and I was like, I wonder if that's the number of workouts. And then like I put two and two together, obviously as you kept adding it, yeah. um, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I guess uh, one more question. What are your three kind of biggest tips or suggestions for those coming up in the industry? Someone who is a little bit younger and they're kind of like, looking to make this a career what are your you know three biggest things to to look for and kind of utilize yeah um i would say they probably have to i'm not gonna maybe not put it into a list so you can yeah yeah yeah. you want maybe but uh i think the coach which is now reflected actually brandon which i'd ask you to do again uh ccp um i'm not sure if the cost is super high for you to do it as a fellow but um it's a new style you may appreciate it um is that we've changed up what we find important, which is my first thing I would ask people to do is that you really have to, you really have to ask a whole lot of questions on um, yourself. So what we're trying to do in the front end of CCP now is to, is to say, just like we did about, you know, all the things come before fitness, right? Yeah. Trying to get coaches to focus on them as humans. Yeah. So I think the first thing I would ask people to do is like, you know, recognize all your biases, recognize how you got to this point, recognize where do you sit even in the conversation of what a lived uh, experience is today? What is life? What is, you know, even contemplate and spend a little bit of time on that yeah. um, and, and ask all those things to create the best version of yourself and how you perceive this thing before you even get to the education. I would ask coaches to do that. Um, Why are you doing exercise? Why do you eat a certain way? Why do you behave a certain way? And the reason why you need to focus on all three zeros, because that's what I'm going to teach you in CCP. So, you know, that's what I'm saying that could be first and foremost. So go there. Um, Secondly, um, I would say to uh, dig in and fall in love with fitness expression. Yeah. Like discover shit, you know, Uh, know what it's like to hike for eight hours with a 40 pound pack. Um, You know, know what it's like to get pinned under a clean when eight people are watching you, judging you. Um, Like all these fitness experiences need to actually be practiced in order for you to connect them to what you know is being a technical fix for the clean or like what foot foot shit you need to do to prepare for the eight hour hike. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you gotta, you gotta fucking love fitness, man. You gotta be in it and doing it. And uh, I'm not talking about addiction. I'm talking about experiences, right? Like get in there and get dirty and kind of figure it out and play and fall in love with it. That's my um, biggest thing. Experience is just being able to, as a coach, you gotta be able to, it doesn't mean you have to like, you know, set, like suffer to a certain degree, but like you should be at the forefront of whatever it is that you're trying to do, or at least experiencing it in some way, because there's too many people out there that are given information on stuff they either haven't tried or, you know, or have just read about. And like in terms of, you know, growing and experience, it's the only way you're going to learn. That's the only way you're going to give the best product moving forward. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I like that. Um, I think of words like absolutism that gets locked inside of there that people think they need to be like, geez, I'm not going to touch jujitsu if I'm not going to get a black belt. It's like, that's the, 
fucking wrong answer and not get started. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like uh, I don't do jujitsu, but I, I say in my mind, I do with my girls, right? Yeah. Like we, we rough house and roll around and pin each other and do shit. I'm doing it of course with intentions deep behind on their, yeah. um, their preservation and security and their own strength and, and uh, body awareness, et cetera. But, um, but, but, you know, just because we're not in a, in a, in a micro gym facility and people are, don't have the stuff on, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So don't be afraid of uh, experiment, experimenting, experiencing with that. So that's my second one. Um, and just to fill this, because you asked for three, um, I would say to uh, set aside uh, time every day that's locked in a schedule that no one can interrupt you and that you, you take for yourself uh, to learn. And that learning could come in multiple different forms. But uh, as the coach gets going and is like deep in the trenches, um, you really need to have those planned periods of uh, not seeking anymore, but seeking knowledge, See, not seeking anymore as in like going out and exploring, experiencing fitness or coaching it. Yeah. You got to, you got to like learn, you got to like stick in front of a two hour um, as an example for no particular reason. But I was listening to a podcast this morning from uh, Jordan Peterson on uh, stories and meta stories. Yeah. Right. And you can be like, well, why in the fuck would you learn that as a fitness coach? Is that, um, you can understand that when you take those two hours to learn, when you step away from that afterwards, because it's planned, you see that you did it for yourself. So it's a form of self-care, right? You also get into a parasympathetic state, which is great for you in overall balance. Yeah. And now you come out on the other side with these embedded principles you can use to share stories using Jordan Peden's example, right? Yeah. Like the power of stories, right? Like maybe you're going to be able to use what you've learned inside of that the next day to a client when they don't get something. But then you say, well, this is one of my own personal stories. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like, I get it. Yeah. So you can see how it connects everything based upon you taking time for that two hours. If I'm making sense. Yeah, right? no, definitely. Yeah. So that's what I would say is a third thing people should yeah. start. What are some of the things that you usually do? Is that like, you know, that you use to learn? Like I know that, yeah. For like, what are some of the things that you turn to? Yeah. Um, I think I do a good job of, uh, of just contemplation, meditation and just sitting. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a debrief component of learning that people forget about. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's just action oriented, but I do a lot of sitting and reflecting, um, uh, and contemplation. Uh, so that's one, uh, I, I, um, I would call it a voracious, uh, reader and listener. So I, I listen to lots of podcasts and I read a lot. Um, and I think that's what I probably do specifically to learn. Awesome. Well, that was a lot. That was awesome. Um, I definitely appreciate you sitting down. Uh, I, you know, I hope everybody took a lot away from that. And if you guys have any questions, you can definitely reach out. Um, if you want to give these guys a brief kind of rundown of where they can find you in the OPEC stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, uh, J fits OPEX, J F I T Z O P E X. Um, cause that's generally where I'm spending most of my time mainly on the exercise portion, but you'll know what I'm up to and yeah, yeah. somehow indirectly falsely stay connected through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then opexfit.com, O-P-E-X-F-I-T.com. Um, we, we got all kinds of free resources for people, no matter yeah. where they sit, you're just a consumer or your fitness coach, or you're just uh, someone who's interested in what we're up to based on what I said, then go there. Yeah, cool. All right. I got a couple questions I want to ask you off the podcast, but um, I appreciate you sitting down. If you guys have any questions, I appreciate you guys for listening. Reach out to me. Um, I will see you guys next time. Peace.